The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig with details. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that belts out the greatest hits of history one day at a time. I'm Gabe Lussier, and today we're looking at the rise of Dolly Parton, a true American icon known for her platinum blonde wigs, glittering outfits, and her lilting soprano singing voice. Her distinct fashion sense made her instantly recognizable, but today we'll take a closer look at the raw talent beneath all that glitz and glamour. The day was January 19th. 1946. Singer-songwriter Dolly Parton was born in Locust Ridge, Tennessee. She stormed the country music scene at an early age and has held on to the spotlight for nearly 70 years and counting. During that time, she's made a name for herself not only as a prolific singer-songwriter, but also as a businesswoman, a humanitarian, and even a theme park owner. One striking feature of Dolly's storied career is that she achieved all her success and fame in spite of, or maybe because of, her markedly humble upbringing. Dolly Rebecca Parton was born to Robert Lee Parton and Avi Lee Parton on January 19, 1946. She grew up in a rural town in Tennessee called Locust Ridge, near Sevierville, and just next to the Smoky Mountains National Forest. The concept of home and where a person comes from later became the driving force behind Dolly Parton's whole career. But it wasn't just the location that made her early years so formative. The Parton family was, as Dolly would later put it, dirt poor. So much so that when she was born, her father actually paid the local doctor who delivered her by giving him a big bag of oatmeal. Dolly was the fourth of twelve children and one of her sisters, Stella Parton, later wrote about their father's dealings with the local doctor. According to her, quote, Daddy paid Dr. Thomas a sack of meal to deliver Dolly. She was an expensive baby. Sometimes we'd pay him with chickens, whatever we had available. 
As you can no doubt tell, life in Locust Ridge was no picnic for the Partons. Dolly's father was a sharecropper who barely made enough money for the family to survive, and often resorted to bartering for goods and services, like delivering a baby. The 14 Partons all lived together in a one-room cabin with no running water, no gas, and no electricity. But possibly the worst part for Dolly was that she and her siblings had to bunk together in beds made from straw, typically three or four kids to each bed. Given those hardships, it's maybe no wonder that Dolly took to music at an early age as a way to soothe her troubles. Her first exposure to live music was through her mother, who played guitar and sang to her, as well as through her grandfather, a songwriter and a mean fiddle player too. When she was seven years old, Dolly's uncle gave her a guitar, and she started writing her first original songs. She apparently had a real knack for it from the start. Decades later, Dolly reflected on how impressed her mother had been with her early songs. In an interview with Fresh Air, Dolly said, quote, My mother was always fascinated with the fact that I could rhyme so much stuff. She has stuff in a trunk, and many years ago she said, Here's some stuff you may want to look at. Here's the stuff you used to write before you could write it down. She used to write it down for me. I've been doing it all my life. It's amazing to consider just how accurate that statement really is. By the time Dolly was just 10 years old, she was already making appearances on local TV and radio shows in Knoxville. Then, when she was 11, she professionally recorded her first single, Puppy Love, a song she had written with her uncle that same year. Here's a taste. years later, Dolly performed for the first time on the Grand Ole Opry, and by the time she graduated high school, she'd already cut recordings with three different record labels. Dolly had found her calling early, and she chased it full force from then on. According to the singer, she graduated high school on a Friday, and then hit the road for Nashville the very next morning. Moving to Music City paid off for Dolly in all sorts of ways, not the least of which was romantically. On the very same day she arrived in Nashville, Dolly bumped into her future husband, Carl Dean, at the wishy-washy laundromat. He was a few years older than her and a total stranger at the time, but Dolly was taken with him right away. As she later explained, quote, I was surprised and delighted that while he talked to me, he looked at my face. A rare thing for me. Two years after their chance encounter, the pair got married and believe it or not, they're still going strong some 57-odd years later. In 2014, the Today Show asked Dolly about the secret to her long marriage. She replied, quote, We know each other so well. I know every line in his face, and he knows every hair in my wig. Getting back to Nashville, Dolly's career really started to take off when she moved to the city. During her first two years there, she was under contract with Monument Records, which tried to market her as more of a pop star than a country singer. Dolly went along with the plan, but in her spare time, she started recording and selling her own country songs in Nashville. Two years later, in 1966, Dolly caught the attention of listeners all over the country with a song called Put It Off Until Tomorrow. Then, a year after that, she followed it up with Dumb Blonde, 
a song she wrote about being underestimated based on her looks. It was her first solo hit to make the charts, and it marked the beginning of her transition from a regional star to a national one. Take a listen. It was around that same time Dolly partnered up with another country singer, Porter Wagoner, Mr. Grand Ole Opry himself. At the time, he was the host of a half-hour country music show called, fittingly enough, The Porter Wagoner Show. He invited Dolly on to be one of the show's regular performers, and the two of them went on to record a slew of hit country songs together over the next eight years or so. In fact, in the late 1960s and early 70s, Dolly was releasing an average of three or more albums worth of new material each year, and most of that colossal output was thanks to her partnership with Wagner. The two performers went their separate ways in the mid-70s, largely because Dolly had become such a huge star in her own right that she wanted to focus on her solo career full-time. As you might expect, that decision created some bad blood between her and Wagner, but they did eventually make up in the 1980s and even perform together a few times afterward. The split from Wagner was also an early indicator of just how shrewd a businesswoman Dolly Parton was, and is. That's because, early in her career, Dolly started her own publishing company so that she could control the rights to her ever-growing catalog of songs. As a result, she still owns just about every song she's ever recorded, which of course has netted her millions and millions of dollars in royalties. Speaking of Wagner, though, did you know the song I Will Always Love You was actually written about him? Dolly wrote it as a goodbye of sorts when the singers were parting ways, and supposedly Wagner cried the first time she played it for him. Let's see if it has the same effect on you. We both know that I'm not what you need. We could probably spend all day talking about the hit songs from Dolly's solo career, from Coat of Many Colors to Jolene. There were quite a few to choose from. But I want to make sure we cover at least a few of the non-musical contributions she's made as well. So let's talk about a few times when Dolly branched out from her singing career and tried her hand at something new. One of the earliest examples of her stepping out was in the 1980s, when she crossed over from the stage to the movie screen. She made her debut starring alongside Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin in 9 to 5, an office satire about three working women who get so fed up with their sex's boss, they decide to abduct him and take over the business themselves. The movie was a hit at the box office, and the title song Dolly wrote for it climbed to number one on both the pop and country charts. It even earned her an Oscar nomination for Best Song. And that's part of the reason why 9 to 5, both the song and the movie, became a lasting part of pop culture, eventually spawning a five-season TV series and even a Broadway show. 
and I know we're supposed to be focusing on Dolly's non-musical ventures, but 9 to 5 is such a fun song and many of you are on your morning commutes right now, so let's hear a clip anyway. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping And folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five What a way to make a living Barely getting by It's all taking and no giving All right so I can't let this episode go by without talking at least a little bit about Dollywood. Because while plenty of singers have made the jump from music to TV and movies, Dolly really stands alone in terms of theme park ownership. So what led her to make such an unusual business move for a musician? You might think she was just really into roller coasters or something like that, but that definitely wasn't it. In fact, even though Dolly's owned her own theme park for going on 40 years, She's never been on a single ride. Apparently, she suffers from severe motion sickness and used to get sick just from riding the school bus, so thrill rides are pretty much out of the question. So how did she end up with the theme park? Well, first it helps to know that Dollywood wasn't always Dollywood. The original unrelated park opened in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee in 1961 as the Rebel Railroad and then changed names and owners a few times as the decades went by. Dolly finally took over in 1986, which was when she rethemed the park around the history of the Smoky Mountains and dubbed it Dollywood. Dolly wasn't living in the area when the original park opened, but it was located close to that one-room cabin she used to live in, in the same county, in fact. That proximity attracted Dolly to the park for a couple reasons. For one thing, it featured a chapel that was built and named in honor of Dr. Robert Thomas the same doctor who delivered Dolly in exchange for a sack of oats. The other equally sentimental reason she got involved was that she wanted to do something positive for the place where she grew up. I mean, she wanted to make money too, but there's no doubt she chose that specific investment as a way to give back to the community. Dolly said as much herself too. In 2010, she explained how she had, quote, always thought that if I made it big or got successful at what I had started out to do, that I wanted to come back to my part of the country and do something great, something that would bring a lot of jobs into the area. And to her credit, that's exactly what she did. To this day, Dollywood is still the number one employer in Sevier County. Also, for any listeners planning their next vacation, remember that dogs are not allowed in Dollywood. Dolly's got you covered, though. You can drop your pups off ahead of time at the park's on-site kennel, which is named, wait for it, Doggywood. So Dollywood was born, at least in part, from Dolly's desire to give back to Tennessee. But there are also more straightforward charity efforts that Dolly's been involved with over the years, and I want to highlight just a couple of them. The first is called the My People Fund, which was a campaign she launched in late 2016 following a really awful wildfire in the Smoky Mountains region. The fire left hundreds of residents homeless, but Dolly's campaign used outside donations as well as her own money to provide displaced families with $1,000 per month for half a year. All in all, the My People Fund distributed just under $9 million to the fire victims and provided an additional $3 million to the region's mountain recovery team. Dolly's humanitarian efforts aren't limited to helping her own home state either. She started a program called Dolly's Imagination Library, 
to help improve literacy rates among children, and she's run her own charity organization called the Dollywood Foundation since 1996. Over the years, those organizations have donated more than 100 million books to children nationwide and have provided millions of dollars in school scholarships, hospital donations, and supplies for classrooms. Over her long career, Dolly Parton's racked up a ton of nicknames, including the Smoky Mountain Songbird, the Queen of Nashville, and the Iron Butterfly. But don't let the fancy titles fool you. Despite all her fame and success, Dolly's never forgotten her modest roots. Instead, she found ways to channel them into her music early on, crafting songs from a woman's perspective at a time when country music was largely still a boys' club. She took inspiration from the female country pioneers that had come before her, such as Molly O'Day, Kitty Wells, and Patsy Cline. And then she took her own place alongside them, becoming one of the greatest entertainers of the 20th century and a positive role model to listeners from all walks of life. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always send them my way at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.